Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Kuhn, joined as always this week by my older brother, Michael. Hey, everybody. And we are missing our younger brother and usual host, Mark, who is getting the night off. He is... Life's catching up with Life's him. catching up with old Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting married here in a couple months, just bought a house, is in the closing period, so trying to figure that out. Work is a mess, so... Uh, Mark is doing his best, which which we can always understand as as older brothers who've both purchased houses and um, gotten married. So we we understand how that is. So it's just gonna be the two of us. Uh, we are back. It is. It's been a while. Uh, Super Bowl's over. NFL season ended. Uh, Tom Brady did it again. But we're here. And let's talk about the news of the day. J.J. Watt finally made a decision. And the Browns are not at the top of his list. Apparently not. Regardless of what his fake Peloton account says. So, I was shocked to see that the Arizona Cardinals are the team that he decided to go to. What was your initial reaction? I I was shocked because they weren't being talked about. Yeah. I I think more than anything else. Um, Playing opposite Chandler Jones is going to be great. Um, obviously you can't knock the Phoenix weather. Like if, if I was given the choice between Cleveland, Buffalo, Green Bay, or Phoenix, <laughs> like it, that's clearly the, the best option there. Um, the only thing that surprised me is at this point in JJ Watt's career, I don't know how close the Cardinals are to winning a championship. Kyler could take that next step and be great, but really it's a Cliff Kingsbury problem, right? Like, He's going to be there, or they're going to fire a coach and bring somebody else in, and like that's not a good situation either. Yeah, I don't... It doesn't make sense to me. If I'm J.J. Watt, I'm looking at to the next season as my best opportunity to make something happen and win a championship. And I would pick a team that I had a lot of confidence that that would be the case. And that might not be the Browns. I, I mean, I think the Browns should be in that conversation. But... Um, I certainly don't think it would be the Cardinals. And so, anyways, I just think that probably his desire to win a championship is a little bit overblown. And my guess is that this is uh, one of the best offers. And he took it. Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe it's more nuanced than that. I mean, I I think we get caught up a lot of times in looking at past performance as predictive of future performance. And, oh, the, the Bills and the... And the Packers and the Browns were good this year. They're definitely going to be good next year. Um, maybe he's trying to kind of read the tea leaves a little bit. I doubt that. I'm not, and project. I'm not willing to go that far. I, here's what I will say as far as the impact for the Browns. I don't think there's very many Browns fans out there that did not want J.J. Watt for the right price. I think there's some people who didn't want to pay a certain amount. But I think nearly everyone saw the value that J.J. Watt would bring to the Cleveland Browns in 2021 and hoped that that would work out. For a variety of reasons. And I'm one of them. I think you're one of them. We we were together whenever he was released and we like were excited about the possibilities, right? I will say, it creates a this situation created a very unique set of circumstances where he was released and therefore able to sign with a team because of how long he's been in the league. He's allowed to sign with a team instantly. But we're coming up on the heels of free agency in a really strange offseason with a condensed cap because of this weird 2020 season. And I don't think that 
it would have been in the Browns' best interest to get into a bidding war for a player like J.J. Watt and lock up a bunch of our free cap space on the front end and then be limited in our flexibility to take advantage of the market inefficiencies that are about to take place. And that is what I'm really excited about in this offseason is watching Andrew Barry and Paul D. Podesta and their whole team kind of go to work and take advantage of like what's here. We don't have the most cap space, but we have some of the most cap space amongst contenders in the NFL. And I think that the Browns are going to be a desirable place to go to for a second and third tier um, free agent that isn't getting the top dollar they want and wants to take a one or two year deal. And in reality, that's what we'd be getting from J.J. Watt is a one or two year deal. And so I would, in a lot of cases, I would rather cobble together a few free agents along the defensive line that would amount to the same cost as J.J. Watt and probably provide a better overall production for our defensive line over the next two years than what we would get from just J.J. Watt. Well, and if you get multiple guys, you also hedge against like injury risk. Oh, yeah. Right. If you've got if you've got three guys that are in there instead of putting all your eggs in one basket, um, yes, I I I just think it's we would have signed JJ Watt, and by all reports, we were trying to sign JJ Watt, and we would have happily done both. I think because we do have cap flexibility, we have the ability to make more room. There's creative ways to structure. This is a down year for the cap, but it's expected to to rise pretty substantially in the in the next couple of years. So. The, you push money down the road and like that becomes favorable. There are ways to structure it where I think that we could have done both. Um, but given this year and all the unique intricacies that this offseason is going to have, I don't think it's nearly as disappointing to not get a player like J.J. Watt because I do think there are going to be a, an inordinate number of edge rushers and defensive linemen specifically that will be of interest to the Browns. Yeah, there's so many options and there's not that much cap space out there, is the thing. The There is going to be so many options for a team like the Browns to give players one- and two-year deals, short-term deals, that can help us in this window where we know we're contending and we still have some of these guys on rookie deals. I just really want to load up on players that are going to make a huge impact in 2021 and 2022. And... I don't know if the top of the market of the free agent class is going to be the way to go. I think it's going to be building out like with second tier free agents, if I had to guess. Well, let's let's talk about that. We obviously didn't get J.J. Watt. Um, before we talk about free agents that the Browns might add, uh, we've got a handful of guys on our roster who their contracts have expired. Um, who are like top of your list of, of guys who you think the Browns need to bring back? Uh, obviously we could do this at any time yeah and we we haven't done it yet yep which i think is smart because the caliber of player that we have that is a free agent right now it's none of our like top guys i mean probably the best player is richard higgins that's currently available in a free agent and just using him as an example, he signed for a vet's minimum last year for under a million dollars. 
And so he's going to make yeah. more than that, I would expect, it's on this cur- deal. Currently projected at two years, $10 million from by PFF. And I would predict that it's going to be less than that. I'm, I will tell you right now, I'm quite certain it's going to be less than that, less than $5 million per year. And I think the Browns know that that's the case too, and I think they want Rashard Higgins back. That's my guess. I don't know that, but I think they want him back. But they know if they let the market play out a little bit. And he's also being outspoken and coming out and saying that he wants to play for the Browns and is asking Andrew Barry to send over the papers so that he can sign. Basically saying, show me the money and I'll sign. But I think the Browns are willing to take that risk and say, hey, you can go like see what the market has to bear, but there are so many talented wide receivers coming in this draft. There are so many talented wide receivers hitting free agency that he's like in the 15 to 20 range as far as receivers go in free agency. Yeah, and, and teams, if, if you're in the market for a wide receiver, Rashard Higgins is not going to be your first call and then might not even be your second call. Right. And you're gonna you're gonna wait to see how it falls. Um, I, I I think that's smart. And the other guys who are kind of in this category are guys who we might want back. Are Terrence Mitchell, who who isn't gonna be a top of the market free agent. Um, I think that deal can get done anytime, and we can wait a couple days into free agency. Let he's not a first day of free agency player. Let him and his agent know that we None want it. We want him back. Uh, go see what you can get on the market, and we'll we'll talk. We'll talk at that point. Um, and then an injured Olivier Vernon. Uh, you know, I don't who's, think Olivier Vernon signs before the season. Well, so he's on my list of people who I think we should bring back. And I, th- I think that deal has to be structured with basically no money guaranteed. Maybe like a two-year deal. Because there's so many things working against Olivier right now. The salary cap and then his injury situation and his age, like nobody's going to be able to have the cap space to commit anything to him this year. So I'm thinking PFF is predicting like a $2 million deal for Olivia Vernon. I think something like a two-year $12 million deal or something. I wouldn't do it. Um, Why would with not a bit fully guaranteed. Because when he's healthy, he's a good player. And he's played really, really well for us when he's healthy. And, I mean, the Browns know more about his health situation than anybody. Here's the right thing, now. though. You get an Achilles injury at the end of the year. Like, what value do you, would you expect from Olivier Vernon this offseason? I, I feel like that's tying up. I do think he's good. I would not mind the Browns ending up in a situation where they, like, get a value deal on Olivier Vernon. However that shakes out. But, like... They get him on like a low value. I'm not gonna like scoff at that idea in in general. But if you look at it practically, I don't think anybody can reasonably expect a guy coming off an Achilles to produce. I don't think he's gonna be able to play right off the bat starting this season, and I don't even know if that's gonna amount to anything. And then I think with the way the Browns' defense is shaping up. Looking at the draft, I would hope that we would add a young pass rusher of some right. kind. So those things just don't jive very well. You want somebody in place to hold down the fort while you've got a young pass rusher coming in to kind of get groomed into that spot. And so then you got to bring in somebody else that's competent that can start. And it just becomes a jumbled mess. And I feel like Olivier Vernon becomes duplic, like is just isn't helpful. And you have too many guys there. 
and it just doesn't make sense. So that that could be true. I, in this case, I think if you brought Olivier Vernon back and drafted a guy, and I mean, I think you could even sign another guy in free agency for like to start, and then you get rid of Claiborne, and then see if Porter Gustin can hang on as like a fifth. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. You would, have, you would have to sign somebody yeah. else in order to start. Like to me, that's like not even a question. Mm-hmm. If and so. I just don't think that becomes a problem if you've got Olivier Vernon on a really cheap deal. But we'll see. Could not have ended worse for Olivier this season. I feel bad for the guy. I I hope he really that, pulled it together and had a good good year right until that end. I hope that he's able to recover. Um, that would be just the most disappointing way for your career to go out. Um, and at his age, you, n- you never know how he's going to come back to that. But ter- we saw Terrell Suggs do it. I mean, Oh, yeah. I mean, we've, there's precedent for people at his position at a comparable age to be able to do it and come back. So, The other players um, that are hitting free agency are some of the guys that we had like on one-year deals last year. So we got a lot of snaps out of Carl Joseph. We got a lot of snaps out of Andrew Sendejo. Of those two, I think I would expect them to be more interested in Carl Joseph probably, but I don't think they're going to be running to re-sign either of those guys at this point. I mean, I, I think a lot of them, Malcolm S- Smith, B.J. Goodson, these are all guys that were signed on one-year deals last year and largely played fairly well. And so I don't think the Browns have like turned the page and are moving on from all that many of them, but I think they're in the mix with other free agents and they're going to see how things play out. And then, like... But they're all and- guys... All the to your point, all of the Browns' current free agents aren't guys you want to lock up long term and keep in the building. For, even Richard Higgins, no, you don't want to give him a five year deal. Like he's not going to take a five year deal. Like it's going to be an, a one two year deal max. Yeah, kind of a situation. So there's no rush to get those deals done. Yeah, there's just those deals get done on the back end of the first week of free agency, second week of free agency once the market kind of plays out. Yeah, I mean basically. Andrew Barry has all of the cards on the table right now, and he's waiting to see how everything plays out. And there's a lot of options. There's a lot of options. Like, only card that's come off the table so far is J.J. Watt. It's going to be interesting to see. So, from our current roster, there's nobody that we, we need to jump on right now to to resign before free agency starts. Uh, who, if anybody on our current roster, do you expect maybe gets cut in a, a salary cap move either before free agency starts or um, maybe maybe later kind of as some of these deals come together? I don't know that I'm expecting anyone to get cut. Or restructured to I am expecting space. Sheldon Richardson to get restructured. Or traded, moved on from in a salary dumping my two, move. My two salary cap saving moves that I'm looking for from Andrew Barry – Number one is do an Olivier Vernon-type restructure with Sheldon Richardson. He's making $13 million right now. From the Browns folks that I like pay attention to and like respect, there's been a wide variety of opinions on Sheldon Richardson. Uh, Brennan Leister was on the Nothing But The Dogs podcast the other day. At the end of the season, he was talking about how he thinks the Browns will move from Sheldon Richardson, and then he did some more digging in the offseason and has looked at things and been like, oh, actually, 
Like he was pretty solid. And I think Sheldon Richardson's been fairly yeah, underrated. And, and, and I for tend the last to agree that months. he's been pretty good. Like I think it would be a mistake to just move on from Sheldon Richardson. I do not think they are going to drop Sheldon Richardson. But he also has zero money. If Sheldon Richardson actually uh, guaranteed on yeah. his deal right now, the Browns ha- take zero cap hit, dead cap, if they drop Sheldon Richardson right Which now. gives the Browns leverage. The Browns have a lot of leverage. And so what is Sheldon the Richardson's so not if, getting paid on the open market that's what if I'm saying. he gets dropped. So if yes. Sheldon, market, Sheldon Richardson goes to the open market, how much is he going to get paid for this one season if he's going out on the market? It's probably not the $13 million that he's owed on the current Browns roster. He probably wants to play for the Browns next year, if I had to guess. Like, he seems to get along with everybody. Like, he and Miles have, like, a good rapport. Like, it seems like he and the coaching staff have a good um, thing going right now. So, I, I think I would like to see, uh, you said an Olivier Vernon-type restructure I think I would like to see that with maybe if you could make it an extension, add two years on yeah. or, or something with no dead cap after the second season, which is Paul D. Podesta's way. Um, that's what he wants to see. So like two, like the next two years for $20 million total? Something like, like that would be great. Something like that. Yeah. I could absolutely see something like that. So like an extension, give him a little bit more guaranteed money. Um, keep him here for a little bit longer. I would love to see us save some cap that way. So that's number one. And this is the second one's a harder one for me to say because I actually don't know which one I would prefer. But I really do think I would prefer for the Browns to go with either Jarvis Landry or Odell Beckham and pick one of them and not continue to pay both of them going forward. So strictly from a money perspective that you don't you don't like the cap it cuz i think i think this is the off season where you can go to Jarvis and say hey Jarvis nobody's paying you 15 million dollars we can cut you and walk away from it yeah. we would love to have you here for x amount of years we just need to bring this back into like reality cuz players with Jarvis's skill set are making 5 million dollars max So like there's there's a ton of negotiation room there. Like I know, but what how how do you think that goes over with Jarvis Landry? I mean, I don't think that would go over well with anybody who you're making fifteen million dollars and they come and say, Hey, we want you to make six. Like, I'd be pissed. But the reality is this is a business, right? Teams work on a salary cap. You you either have to take that pay cut or you risk getting cut in then you're on the open market fending for yourself. Um, and you can make that bet, or do you want to be here in Cleveland with with this team, with Baker, with OBJ, with Kevin Stefanski? Like, shoot, man. Yeah. Especially with the way the salary cap has gone this offseason. Like, it, it just gives the Browns so much leverage. If Andrew Barry... You have to do it. If Andrew Barry is able to do both of those things, keep Sheldon Richardson around, lower his cap hit, and keep Jarvis Landry around and lower his cap hit, that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So, I I really like Jarvis. I, I like him being on my football team in general. Uh, 
I think a lowered cap hit comes with an extension. I think it has to. For, got a, two for, more years on for a guy like Jarvis. Right yeah, so maybe you add another year. I just don't know how effective he's going to be. If we keep Jarvis around, I don't think we resign Higgins. Right. I, especially with how DPJ came on. We we probably need another field stretcher. Yep. Like the that wide receiver room gets crowded. Um it's hard. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to do. Um, and I don't envy Andrew Barry in that situation trying to make that decision. I mean, um, as I look down the line, there are just so many other more cornerstone pieces of this roster that I want to keep around. And that's the reason why I think we need to make some – a change needs to happen now. The rollover cap is a real thing. Baker, if he continues on this trajectory, is going to be owed a contract. If they don't, they might even you know sign him early this offseason. That's a very real possibility. Um, but like that big contract is coming. Denzel's is coming. A decision on Chubb is coming. Wyatt Teller decision is coming. These are all players that I really want to be Cleveland Browns for a long time. And those contracts that are outsized, like Jarvis Landry's, like we can't, well, you can't carry him anymore. You, yeah. You, yeah. It's just not, we, we're not in a position where we have to overpay anymore. And we like have to have to right size those sort of things. And we don't have dead money. It's not like we're taking a big hit on moving away from Jarvis Landry um, if we have to do that. There's a little bit of dead well, uh, and here's, money if we would move on. It's only $3 million of dead right now I mean, if we I think from him right now. Which the, I don't want them to move on from him. I'm not saying that necessarily. But they need to figure something out because between those two guys, it's just tough. Well, I think, I think we're underselling and nobody's talking about the possibility that OBJ and Jarvis could both move this offseason. Like... They were not brought in by this regime. And like as good of players as they are and as much fun as they are to have around and they're great. The problem okay. I don't know that I don't know that we need them. I don't know that they have like they maximize value to this team. Right. And you could clear a ton of space and get pieced together comparable production if you're only playing two wide receivers at a time. It's an interesting thought. You bring back Higgins, have DPJ, bring in another like mid-level free agent wide receiver who has a skill set that you like, who's productive. It's an interesting thought. If you could wipe away both of those guys, bring in back Rashard Higgins. I would not yeah. be surprised if that's... Wait, wait, okay, but listen, listen. What if you got rid of both of those guys? I don't know what the dead cap for OBJ is. I think we'd right. have to trade him. Because his yeah, yeah. because his but like he's guaranteed for injury, so we'd have to trade him to somebody. If we did that and then spent top tier free agency dollars on like Allen Robinson, wouldn't we be a better team? We would need somebody to stretch the field. Still, you would need like a you would still need to get that field stretching wide receiver that we're off, you know likely to get this year, like Brashard Perriman or whoever else. Um. Yeah, I I think we might be a better team. I mean, if if you can get everything to line up to do yeah. it, yeah, you, you get some assets from for OBJ probably if you trade him. It wouldn't be anything like what we traded in order to get him, but um, there there are a lot of options. I have not considered actually moving away from both of them. And the, um, and the only reason I'm saying that is those were John Dorsey. It was John Dorsey and pre John Dorsey. 
The um, hardest thing for me with OBJ is I want him to be so good. I cannot in good conscience say that him being off of our team makes us better. Like, that is not true in any way, shape, or form, in my opinion. But it is a conundrum because he's hurt right now. So, like, his like trade value is not optimized at the moment. He, Which I think is the thing that probably makes it more likely than not that he sticks around I because agree. you're selling low on I an agree. asset which is not a Paul De Podesta Andrew Barry mindset no and but the whole injury piece is like what makes him such a big question mark he's really had a hard time staying healthy throughout his entire career and like if you can't count on him going forward it's just like you it, it's just difficult to project anything and while his upside is through the roof and as high as anyone else's in the NFL at wide receiver, like there's just a really low floor too, and we've seen a lot of that. And you add in, you know, what looks like has been a challenge in chemistry between him and Baker Mayfield, and you know all these questions. Um, it's it's a very interesting situation. I mean, I I don't I don't know what the right answer is. Um, Keeping one and getting rid of the other feels like it could have problems with chemistry because they're such good friends. Maybe moving on from both of them is the right move. Like I never even thought about it, but like it going there and then going heavy with a wide receiver in free agency. Like I kind of like that idea. Who who has the cap space to take both of them? <laughs> <laughs> the Jaguars, Urban Meyer, package deal, Urban Meyer. It'd be great. <laughs> It'd be perfect. Give us Trevor Lawrence. Here you go, buddy. Yeah, give us like a second round pick, and we'll second round pick in like twenty twenty two, and we'll we'll take it. Um, we'll give you both. Anyways, I the I mean I brought up that I want them to make a decision regarding the two of them. Um, I think I'd be pretty pleased if they just can restructure um, Jarvis's contract. I think I'd be perfectly fine with that. That contract is above market value dramatically when, when it was signed, when and was now signed, it has remember, not aged well. I remember I was at the park with my kids when I saw that come through, and I was like, "We signed him for, for what?" <laughs> like I like my jaw hit the floor. Um, good, good for Jarvis. It's just a shame. It's just a shame that it's been at the Browns' expense. Great um, for at, at this point, I, I would, I would love to see him continue to be a Brown at at the right price, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, are there any other guys who are potential cap casualties? We didn't talk about Larry Ogunjobi when we were talking about free agents. He is a free agent. Um, probably not going to get top dollar on the free agent market, especially this year. Um, could be brought back at a reasonable price. It'll be interesting to see what we do on that interior D-line. I feel like Sheldon Richardson's tied in there, and then we'll we'll see what kind of other defensive linemen we bring in in free agency because those are all kind of moving pieces a little bit. To me, Larry Ogunjobi, and maybe he's been miscast. So maybe he's been asked to play the one, and he's more of a three, and he hasn't been maximized in the last handful of years in the NFL. But to me... But we have Elliot to play the three, I know. I I know. To me, he's been on the Browns for four seasons. His best season was his first. And I haven't seen enough to commit any sort of significant dollars to him. I like the guy... But it's a situation where on a good team, you have to move on from people like Larry Okunjobi. And it's the best thing overall for the team. And I just don't see 
it making a ton of sense to Unle- keep him. If, unless if they we move cut, on unless from, we cut Richardson, yes. and he can play the three. T- he and Elliot can take the three tech. Billings and somebody else can take the nose. Yep. Maybe that is I a situation see, where yes. everybody wins. But if they keep Richardson, I would prefer not to bring Logan Joby back. And I expect them to keep Richardson. I think you have to take. Try somebody else. You've got Billings coming in to, to play that nose every down, or every down you need a nose. Um, try bring somebody else in that's got more long-term upside at this yeah, point because we're I, not signing him to a long-term deal. I mean, so. I don't think you're going to have to pay a ton to bring in Larry Ogunjobi to your team necessarily. But um, oftentimes when you're re-signing a player like off coming off a rookie contract to your own team, you pay more than you have to if you're getting them from somebody else. Yeah. Which is a weird Because it's not signing off the scrap heap. Like right. there's Yeah, you're yeah. saying this you're a player I want to build around and there's kind of like a premium for, for doing that to a certain degree. Yeah. Um and you typically only pay the players that are like top tier at their position. And he's clearly not that. And so it's just a really challenging situation. Like the Richard, Richard Higgins situation is rather unique for like a player to want to stick around and like you know, play at like a low salary, like like he is. That might happen. You know, Ogunjobi comes in and plays for a couple million dollars, but I just don't see that being the case. And so I I don't expect him yeah. to be on the Browns roster next year. I know there's others out there that feel differently, um, but that that's my personal opinion. Yeah, I don't I don't quite expect him to be there either. Um, but. The really exciting part of the offseason now is coming, where you get to start looking at at other players and who the Browns are actually going to add to our roster. And I've got to say, the names are tantalizing. Well, there's there are guys out there on the market, or guys who are rumored to to maybe hit the market. Well, that's the thing. Who are gonna be fun to talk about and think about opposite Miles Garrett or along that defensive line. Yep. I mean, it could be awesome. The list right now is already good at a handful of positions in particular. And there's going to be so many cuts because of how many teams are so deeply, like, over the cap. I mean, the amount of work that the Falcons and the Saints of the world are going to have to do in order to, like, make next season work is just insane. Like, there will be many players getting cut and having to take deals. And that's why I was making the point about J.J. Watt. Like, there are going to be options. And players, the Browns and the Colts and the Bills are kind of like in the best position amongst the contenders to offer deals to players to come in and fill gaps and fill, like, meaningful roles. And I want us to be able to take advantage of that sort of situation. Um, and so I like that we're going to have plenty of flexibility um, and chess pieces to move around. So, so where do you want to start? Do you want to do you want to go by position, or you just want to do you have do you have some guys that you have your eye on? Because um, there's obviously some positions that the Browns need to address this off season and get impact players, whether through the draft or free agency. And those are in the secondary, at corner and safety, and, and along the defensive line. I'm in a weird spot where, like, for once, I don't feel like I'm smarter than the Browns front office. For many years, I actually thought I was, and I probably was right, that I was smarter than the Browns' front office. Yeah. I don't think I'm smarter than Andrew Berry. 
And, like, I have a lot of faith that, like, I'm... So I am less, like, targeting players and more so just curious who the Browns are going to target and what positions we're going to, like, actually come out of pocket for and pay higher tier dollars for. I just... I feel like we're going to learn a lot about Andrew Barry and Paul DePodesta and their, like, vision for this team from the decisions that are about to be made. And so... I know we're going to do a lot. Like, we've got a lot of needs. We've got a lot of holes to fill. I'm mostly just excited to see what they do. And I fully trust that what they're going to do is going to be solid. Um, and so I'm le- I'm not trying to prescribe who it's got to be. And my personal take is that, and I already mentioned this, I think, a little bit. I don't really want to spend top-tier dollars on anyone, necessarily. I want to be buying out of the bargain bin at that second and third tier. I mean, like, Yannick Ngakwe doesn't get the deal he wants and, like, needs a team to latch on to, and the Browns come calling for $8 million next year. Do you know, like, that type of thing is going to be an option for the Browns for, like, some top-tier talent. Like, there are going to be many players of that caliber that are going to be available and just not find a spot in the first couple days of free agency and I want the Browns to take advantage there. That well, is like my biggest hope. Because I because I feel like there's so few, like if we're talking about edge rusher right now. Yes. There's so few edge rushers who I think the price and the long-term commitment would match for the Browns, right? You could you could see them coming to terms maybe with a Carl Lawson or a Trey Hendrickson on a long-term deal. Yep. Maybe a Yannick Ngakwe if, if the – but I just don't see the price being low enough yeah. for it to make sense. Um, outside of that, there's going to be guys who will be looking for for shorter term, one year deals, three year deals, something like that. Uh, Melvin Ingram, maybe Von Miller. You've got Ryan Kerrigan. You've got guys that can come in and and maybe mix and match two of them. You know, <laughs> and and really get some some veteran production in there. Great options. Like, if you sign Trey Hendrickson and Ryan Kerrigan? Trey Hendrickson, I think, is going to be expensive. Um, and so I am interested to see what he his deal comes in at in particular. Um, I do like him. But I just think there's so many options. I just want to see what masterpiece they put together. Um, I mean, the other the – other, and I mentioned I want to see where they put the dollars. Like, where are they willing to spend the big money? What is valuable to our front office in building this team? Are they going to spend big money? Like, safety is another position where there's a lot of talented players that are out on the market. And likely to be others that, you know, hit the market. There's some that could be franchised and and things like that. But, like, there's going to be really good options. I fully expect the Browns to take a pretty well-traveled, very reliable top-tier safety in some way, a little, shape, or form. A little, somebody a little better than Andrew Sandejo. Way better than Andrew Carl Joseph. Sandejo or Carl Joseph. Like, well, we want to be playing three safeties. Who, who are you targeting there? Because there's, there's three guys that I think are sitting at the top of the safety market currently. Well, and there's ones that could get dropped too. I mean, so like Justin Simmons from Denver. Yeah, so I've got the three. Justin Simmons, you've got Anthony Harris, and then Marcus Robbins. Marcus Williams. Yeah. From from New Orleans. Orleans. I think any of those three guys could be in play for sure for the Browns. 
Um, Justin Simmons probably going to, and Marcus Williams, probably the most expensive options. Uh, Anthony Harris, probably a, a deal that's slightly guys, shorter. He's old. These he's like guys, 30. You can draw a line to the Browns for any of these guys, I think. Um, maybe not Marcus Williams. But, um, I mean, Anthony Harris obviously was at the Vikings. That's where our head coach came from the Vikings. Um, and then, what's his face? Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons was in, was in Denver, Denver yeah. whenever our defensive coordinator was there coaching the defense. And so... Um, I think there's ties. I think the way our defense is set up, we rely on having like playmaking safeties and three of them on the field a majority of the time. And right now we've just got question marks. I know Delpit we have like high hopes for, but um, he was injured. We don't really know what we've got there. Um, you can't count too much on him, I don't think. Um, and I, we've got Ronnie Harrison, but we only have Ronnie Harrison for one more season um, for sure. And so I think you definitely want to shore up that position group in a pretty significant way. And so I expect them to invest dollars at either the safety position or the defensive end position. And I'm really curious which one they like go after. Who are who are because and I don't know the answer to this question. Who are any safeties who you think might get cut and might be made available? Um. Because I can think of other safeties that are currently available, like Bradley McDougal got got traded. Maybe not the sexiest. Um, Keanu Neal is somebody who I'm slightly interested in. Played really well when he's he was able to stay on the field all 16 games this year. Um, has played really well during his career when he's been healthy. He's a free agent. He's a free agent. Yeah, and they can't afford him. They can't. They yeah. They're probably gonna let him walk. They can't afford him. Um, uh, Marcus May is going to be a free agent. Oh, I love Marcus May. I bet you the Jets pay for him to stay, though. Um, it's a bad look to get rid of Jamal Adams and Marcus May all in one calendar year. Um, no one else is jumping to mind, honestly. But I like you just name some of those guys. All of those guys are huge additions to the Cleveland Browns defense. Any one of those guys is a, a huge, huge, huge help. Um, I think we need a playmaking um, free safety, to be honest. And so, like, I mean, even like a guy, I don't think that this is someone that we would should put many hopes on. But like a fun name to talk about is like Malik Hooker, who's also going to be out on the market. Like as like an athletic guy, like in the back end of the defense, um, to run around and like make Does, something. Doesn't really fit the profile of like established, well-traveled, but is probably a better flyer than Andrew Sandejo. Like, more upside. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's just there's a lot of options out there, and I expect a handful of new players in the secondary. I'm interested to see what they do at corner, too, because I don't think you can count on Greedy Williams at all. You kind of just, like, have to act like he's a cherry on top if he works out. And so all that we're really dealing with at corner is Denzel Ward. I mean, Kevin Johnson was on a one-year deal, so they could bring him back if they like him. I don't know that they do. Terrence Mitchell we already talked about. I mean, there's a lot of positions to fill on this defense. The whole linebacking core is a big question mark. Like, I mean, look, it, it's crazy to we, think. We might not bring back a linebacker because it might just be safeties and corners because we're trying to go to a nickel-dime defense. Yeah. I mean. Which is fine. It's 
just crazy how many different directions they can go. It's why like I'm not in the business of predicting what the Browns are going to do or saying exactly what I want them to do. Um, it it it'll be fascinating to see. You know, like Stephon Gilmore is a free agent, right? No, but he might get cut. He might get cut, or there's talk that they might trade him. I mean, what does our defense look like if we get a shutdown corner? I, I'm not saying I want. Stephon well, a, Gilmore, a name but like a name who's been thrown around is Marshawn Lattimore today. That the, the Saints the Saints need to clear cap space. They probably can't. Um, he's on his fifth year option. They probably can't sign him to a long term extension. What are they going to do? Does it make more sense for them to to trade him while he's got value? He would need a new contract. You got to resign him. You got to pay him top dollar. But we've got an extra third round pick. <laughs> I don't know what a Marshawn Lattimore with one year left on his deal. One year left like, on his deal, probably, and it's at like ten million dollars. Like it's not. I mean, the Ravens traded for what's that behemoth of a man? No, not Marcus Peters, the defensive lineman last year for Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell for a fifth round pick. Yeah, I mean it's it's all about leverage and what the what the Saints need to do. Yeah, and that creates a market. So I, I'm just excited. I'm just excited. The I, Bra- like to think of the Browns as being a desire desirable destination is just fun. That like I can legitimately say in good conscience that like players you don't have to overpay to want, get people to come. Yeah, play for the want Browns to come for the come to the Browns. That the players that are left over that didn't get the deal that they want, like the Browns will most likely be legitimately on their short list to come and contend. It's amazing what winning does. It's amazing what winning does. I'm excited because I do think there are a lot of different ways um, that, that you can move the cards around. And I would not be surprised if it's it's heavy on the secondary, maybe, maybe one kind of bell cow signing in the secondary, and then – three, four other guys who are on shorter-term deals, seven-digit deals, you know, um, to come in. You've got guys like Jason Verrett, who has finally pieced together two two really good seasons, who could be interesting, has fought injuries in his career. Um, you, you said Malik Hooker, somebody who's interesting. You, you've got safeties out there, like, like we mentioned Keanu Neal, Marcus May, there's uh, not Kevin King, Desmond King to come could come in and play the slot. You've got all of these secondary players that are on the market. It's going to be you just got to maintain flexibility. Like you've got to know your path and figure out how you can piece it all together and kind of know what the weak point is and lock that up first, and then you can fill out the rest. Or just know like I I can't imagine doing that right. So like think about first day of free agency. I mean, if, assuming the Browns want to it's target, almost like the draft target any player, right? But it's not because there's so many factors you can't control, and you pay player like big time safety, and you've got to have a plan for exactly what the cascading effect is and what that means for like the building the rest of the roster. So all of a sudden, you're not going for defensive end like A, you're going for defensive end C because you're or whatever the case might be. Like, I just can't imagine what the those planning meetings are like. Like, they've got to have, like, all these, like, scenarios and options, like, played out. I mean, if you're doing it right, you have to think through it that way. It sounds so fun. I know. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> it just sounds so fun. Yeah. Like, I know there's a ton of pressure on it. And, oh, yeah. like, and the political part oh, of it. Oh, my gosh. Like, having to get the coach on board and having to get the owners, like, uh, you know, like, communicate all that to everybody. Like, parse through whether you're pro personnel guys, like, full of BS or if he actually knows what he's talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I do think, I do think as a general rule, what we're going to see is we're going to see the Browns, any long term free agents, big money free agents that get signed will be young. That is, yeah. That is the way that this team approaches. We draft young, we're going to sign young. And then we will happily fill in the gaps with 30-something-year-old players, on vets, deal. on short-term deals. I mean, you've got somebody we haven't even mentioned yet, like Jarrell Casey. Like, oh, I love that. Could, could be an amazing addition on the interior. I love the idea of Jarrell Casey on a one- or two-year deal on our team. It'd be awesome. I mean, he got hurt last year. He tore his biceps. Which is kind played, of just a freak which, injury. Like, which stinks. But, like, it's the perfect situation where, like, out of sight, out of mind. He was already one of those players that was, like, an underrated, like, yeah. really impactful player. And I just, I wonder what, what his market's going to be. Gonna worth. be. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, that is a guy that got me super excited seeing him. And, like, it feels like the tip of the iceberg of the guys that are going, the type of guys that are going to get dropped and be, like, available on the market. Yeah. So, anyways. Who... Uh, of any of those big names we mentioned them before, like that are coming up, you know, on one or so years left on their rookie deals, like Wyatt Teller, Denzel Ward, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb. I don't think I'm missing anybody else. I mean, I'm assuming the Browns are not going to re-sign David Njoku like quickly to a long-term deal. Um, but of those like four guys I mentioned, are there any of those that you like really want them to lock up this year? I think Wyatt Teller makes the most sense because he's a free agent after next year. He's got one year, one year left on his deal. So um, Nick Chubb's so Nick, Nick Chubb's in the same boat. Um, but Wyatt Teller's a guy who I think you're going to want to have around for for the long, long term, right? Um, he's done it for one season, so there might be a little bit of like a negotiating window where you can you can maybe save a little bit here or there. Because he's not a two-time Pro Bowler, right? It's it's you're you're getting a guy when he's not making anything and just kind of was a flash in the pan. And you've got to, as I'm sure they are, confident that he's going to be able to do that going forward. Um, he also missed games this year, so that could be a concern or a or a negotiating point. Um, I think he's if you're going to sign any of those guys to long-term deals, I think he's got to be at the top of the list. Uh, because with Baker, with Chubb, with Ward, you've got... You sign him to, and it's not much of a cap hit right now. You like It's a cash, but that Jimmy's willing yeah. to pay the cash right now. And the cap hit comes in and the extension. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that big a deal. You probably move on from J.C. Tritter whenever you start having to pay Wyatt Teller. It's Mike. Yes. Or Batonio. Yeah, um, I think Batonio's deal would be up right around the same time that you would start paying Teller. Joe Batonio is like one of the best deals in the NFL. He's amazing. Um, he and Mitchell Schwartz, if only we could have kept him around, would have been great. 
but Nick Chubb, I, I, I just don't think we're going to do a long-term deal with him. I could see us franchising him if we had the cap space, um, tagging him to, to keep him around an extra year um, if, if we think we're right there. Man, we've talked about this. I just, I just, I just such a goofy deal because he is not going to be the bad soldier. No, like, he's he's not. And I mean, it, it all depends on. I don't even know who Nick Chubb's agent is, but I could also see Nick Chubb being the guy who is just like, yeah, you know, I don't really think running backs get paid that much, so that's fine. <laughs> like, you know? Oh man, like he's. He's going to be a guy that you can do that. He's not going to hold out. Like, just that's the way you got to team build. And then with with Baker and Denzel, you have the fifth year option, and you can always franchise them on the back end. So in my mind, those um, deals are kind of far off in the future. His agent is a man by the name of Pat Dye Jr. from Sport Trust Advisors. He looks like he's got the Southern swoop. He definitely looks like he, he signs all the UGA players, few Georgia players <laughs> on his roster. So that that'll be interesting. But I mean, Wyatt Teller's the only one who um, I would expect them to make a, a real strong push to to try to sign this offseason. Because I, I, I I think Baker is a real consideration too. It it could be, but I don't think you want to get into a situation next offseason where you have Baker coming up to his fifth-year deal. You're trying to negotiate that. You've got Teller hitting free agency. You've got Chubb hitting free agency. um, And you have to pick and choose which of those guys you tag if you can't get a long-term deal done to keep them around. I I just think you you need to make progress each offseason. You don't need to get everybody done, but get the the low-hanging fruit done so that it simplifies your business for next offseason and keeps your options open. Sure. Um, I've gone on the record on this podcast saying I think I would prefer the Browns to kick it down the line a year further with Baker, make sure we know what we got before we put money in. Jared Goff and um, Carson Wentz have me quite scared. I I would like to think that Baker's different than Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, but I don't think that an objective NFL observer would like really say that that's a legitimate there's a legitimate case to be made there. Um there's just not enough of he's been too inconsistent, you know, up and down a little bit. The last run we got in this the second half of the season was quite good. I feel optimistic with consistency in coaching and Stefanski and all of these things yeah. that he's going to do well. But the only thing in Baker's corner is that he's been in an inconsistent situation and he's done what he's done where those other two were in fairly stable situations. Uh, Goff had a new coach for his first season and then McVay came in. Yep. But that's not something that you're going to hang your hat on. And so... I've said that, but gosh darn it, it is good to get ahead of the next deals that are coming in line and be the first mover in the quarterback market. So so who else is up for a deal? You've got Josh Allen, we've got Lamar Jackson. I mean, those are the same class as Baker, so those are definitely like significant ones. Sam Darnold's not getting a new deal this offseason. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy. 
really been dealt a rough hand. Um, I mean, I think it's Lamar and Josh Allen are the big ones, um, to be perfectly honest. And But I mean, Baker gets of, less than all three, both of those, right? Then Lamar Jackson deal is going to be fascinating. Um, if I'm the Ravens, I just franchise him. <laughs> or right, trade him. Right now he does, but like Josh Allen gets his deal right now, and then Baker goes and continues his progression next season, he gets more than Josh Allen. And that's why you like think about doing it right now. It and, would be it would be great to be the first of those deals to go down. Yeah. Um who was the year before Baker? They didn't really have many good quarterbacks, did they? That was a Mitch Trubisky, Pat Mahomes. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, so those have all been done. So The ones that deserve to be done. Yeah. There were good quarterbacks. It just wasn't the one that was taken first. Um, Give me the Deshaun Watson deal. No, the Deshaun Watson deal is rich. I mean, it's $40 million. I mean, that's what it's going to be. I, see, that's just what it's going to be. But here's the thing, and this is why I think that you maybe sign him now. I don't think we have to pay him the Deshaun Watson deal to sign him right now if we choose to do that. I don't think Baker takes it. I don't think Baker takes it. I don't think the people who are advising Baker would advise him to take it. Have you ever seen Baker's agents? I have. This is another thing that gives me confidence. They're not... They don't look like the sharpest tacks in the box. No. Yeah. I'm not... They're kind of old school. So, $40 yes. million, you yes. might be able to get away with 35 I mean, maybe not 35 but like 37 38 Like, shy of 40 Like, I like, I like that deal, um, I think, long term. Um, it's a risk, though. I mean, I'm not saying I like run to make it happen, but I think you figure out what you would feel like pretty comfortable with, and I think it's a little shy of the Deshaun Watson deal, and you go out there with it. Go with the Russell Wilson deal, four years, one forty-four, or four years, one forty. It's thirty-five million average annual value. I mean, that'd be great, but that was signed three years ago. He signed in 2019. So year before Deshaun Watson's $39 million. And then Pat Mahomes, $45 million. Ten-year deal, though. I mean, that's like... He's going to be regretting that quite soon. Um, I don't know. I, he's, he's making so much more than all the other guys. But yes, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, I... I'm like on the fence on this one. Um, for the right money, I could see the Browns signing him. But to me, like it needs to be shy of Deshaun Watson's deal in order for us to sign him this offseason. And I like the benefit of us being the first mover. I do think um, like a Josh Allen and probably Lamar Jackson are going to get deals around Deshaun Watson or north of Deshaun Watson. And if we can do it first, I think it benefits us. What would you do? This is not Browns. This is Browns related. What would you do if you were the Ravens with Lamar Jackson? That would scare the crap out of me. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't scare me to draft him. 
like they did. But it would scare the crud out of me to have to commit $40 plus million, $40 million a year for four, five seasons to Lamar Jackson until he's like 31 years old. Lamar Jackson really does feel like I mean, he hasn't had anything close to a significant injury yet. But he, like, really, like, messes up his knee or something like that. It's RG3. And it feels like it just completely takes away his career. I mean, it just feels like a very fragile situation. Um, yeah, I don't want to be in that position. but I, or, or even I, just ages. Like, just loses a step or two. He just becomes really average really quick. The decline's going to be steep. Yeah, I don't think I'd run to sign him early. I would gladly let him play out his fifth-year option, franchise him once, maybe franchise him twice, and let him go. That's really hard, and he's the face of your team. I mean, that's the hard, that's the hard thing with quarterbacks. It's or I'd brutal. trade him this offseason. <laughs> Who would brutal. take him? <laughs> the Houston Texans. Ooh, that would be interesting. I mean, plenty of teams would take him, I would imagine. Um, Lamar in a first for Deshaun. Would Houston do it? No, I don't think they would swap. I don't think they would swap. I think they would do a different deal. I don't, maybe not. I would. Who would you rather play against? Deshaun Watson in the Ravens uniform or Lamar Jackson in the Ravens uniform? Probably, honestly, Lamar because I I'm just waiting for that decline. You know, like I might take my lumps here in the first, next couple years, but. It's not going to be for the next decade. Hmm. So we're getting down to, like we said, the fun part of the offseason here. Uh, we've got eight more days. March 9th is the, the franchise tag deadline. So we've got guys, I mean, big-name guys across the league, like Dak, the Cowboys haven't decided what to do with yet, hasn't been publicly announced. Um You've got other guys who played on the on the tag last year, um, Justin Simmons being one of those, the safety. Anthony Harris. Um, Anthony Harris with the the Vikings, who could get tagged again, could hit the market. I think Anthony Harris is going to hit the market, but yep. um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And then free agency, the the legal tampering period, which is my my favorite. My favorite oxymoron in the NFL. Uh, the legal tampering period begins uh, on March 15th, and then players can officially sign on March 17th. Although, if the last couple years have been an example, we will get reports on where players are signing on March 15th or 16th. So it's always funny to me that it even exists. Legal tampering. Do you ever hear the word tampering? Every time somebody starts to say it, I just think of tampons. Like, that's what I think someone's starting to say, and I just don't even know what to do. I just get uncomfortable. <laughs> Tampering is such an unusual word. 
Yeah, it 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 has a certain connotation. I don't I don't know. That that's not where my mind goes. But tampering is not it doesn't bring about like good thoughts, right? No, certainly um, not. And then we are less than two months away now from the NFL draft, which is being held okay, in we, Cleveland. Can we talk about this? The, you, you mentioned the legal tampering period, the free agency, and how all this stuff works. Do you remember last offseason? I I remember my thoughts towards last offseason. It was like, oh, we just got in a new GM. He's saying all these things. I know that he's going to be analytically driven. I'm not so sure how aggressive he's going to be he said in his first press conference like we were that he aggressive. was not going to be that he was going to like not hold back and take every opportunity to improve the team and not leave any rock unturned and that was absolutely true like never in a million years did i think the browns were going to sign jack Coughlin. like i had no thought that that was going to happen i knew that our number one priority was offensive line but i did not think he was going to spend top money for jack Coughlin. And I just think that that's going to, like, think through that framework a little bit when you think about what this is going to look like. They're going to make a lot of moves. Like, they're going to be doing a lot. Um, I'm I'm very excited to see it play out. I don't know that it's going to be as big a swings necessarily as we took last offseason, but um, it don't be surprised if they go after somebody in that first, like, real hard and real aggressive in that first day or two. Well, and what's great is we don't have to touch our offense if we don't want to. Like, oh, we've like, been talking about defense the whole time. Like, like we yeah. like we talked about, like you can move pieces around on our offense by making moves at wide receiver. You can open up space. You can reallocate assets. But we can just run it back how it was. Whether you re-sign Higgins or not, you can just roll with the same crew because everybody signed long-term. There's no big pieces that are going to create holes there. Now we just get to focus on the defense. Yeah, and and bring in those impact players, and finally get those defensive pieces in place that are going to make that Joe Woods defense tick, and hopefully it's all going to come together. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. I have not thought about the NFL draft for more than like five minutes yet. Yeah, I'm not. But we're sitting at March first. This is the least prepared I've been for the NFL draft in decades. Yeah. Like um, decades. Pretty much all I know is I want a defensive end with that with that first round pick, which I I think positionally falls positional value falls well to us as well. It it does work so we'll out see. in that sense. I think there's defensive backs and there's um, corners specifically and defensive ends that you know should be available at 26. It's nice. There's not a real top heavy defensive end class. It's kind of like a next tier, and there's a bunch of guys kind of in that group. So it feels like somebody's going to be there. It is not a situation where I feel like there's a tier of players that really runs dry before the Browns pick at 26. I feel like we're going to get a good player one way or one way or the other. So, and even if we like decided to move back a little bit, I'm sure. I could, yeah, I could also see spot. us not making a first round pick at all. Yep, wouldn't shock me. Would not surprise me in the least. Uh, we will we will come back to you uh, with with more thorough in depth, obviously free agency coverage once things. Once things kick off, uh, we got to talk about the NFL draft. We got to talk about um, more contract stuff, restructuring some of some of our guys, re-signing free agents, um, doing doing all sorts of the fun um, off-season stuff. We will be back with you. Um, we don't have a schedule, 
So probably probably in two weeks, probably right before free agency kicks off, right before that tampering period, um, I think we'll we'll get back. We'll do a, a deep dive free agency, uh, and we'll be back there. So as always, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back with you soon. Enjoy the off season. Enjoy uh, knowing that the Browns are in good hands with competent people who are smarter than Michael. Uh, thanks for listening. Go Browns. Go Browns. Thank mm-hmm. you.